So if you'd bow your heads and hearts with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, again, we just say thank you. Uh, indeed, what a beautiful name it is. Uh, the name of your Son, my Savior, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Father, be with us now as we present your word, as the prayer of thanksgiving went forward. Open up our hearts and minds. Let us be receptive uh, to uh, what your Holy Spirit um, imparted to me to give to us. Uh, Father, just, just prepare us. Let me say no more and no less than uh, what I'm supposed to. I love you and I praise you. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Amen. Amen. So we are continuing our systematic look at the fourth to the ninth chapters of the book of Genesis, a series we've titled Floods and Gates, Floods and Gates, Floods and Gates. Um, the past few weeks we've dealt with just the first four verses of the, of the seventh chapter and it reads, the Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. So uh, contrary to the belief, that God is distant and uninvolved. God has seen, God has evaluated, God has rendered a verdict, um, and he's decided to destroy his creation. Boy, that seems like, man, alive. <laughs> I can hear some probably thinking, it's like you would never say it out loud because I don't wanna be thought of that way. Isn't that overreacting? Uh, just in case you might be wondering why, recall the sixth chapter, uh, fifth and seventh verse, God saw that human evil was out of control. You think it's bad now? Uh, people thought evil, imagined evil. Evil, evil, evil. From morning to night, I, I like how the, the uh, uh, message version puts it. Uh, God was sorry he had made the human race in the first place. It broke his heart. God said, I will get rid of my ruined creation. Make a clean sweep. People, animals, snakes, and bugs, birds, the works. I'm sorry I made them. His creation, God's creation, had devolved into a 24-7, 365, sin-producing machine. Um, and this is God, a covenantal God, relational God, the word that's used for God, the, the, the pronoun, if you will, uh, had the ultimate in buyer's remorse. You ever go to the store, you pick up something, it's like, I didn't want that, I didn't need that. That's why, you know, as I do when I go to the store, which isn't often, I walk around with it for a while in the store. And it's like, okay, I got that thrill. Let me put it back on the shelf. You know, just, I just kind of what God probably was feeling right about now. It's like, wow, man, 
This is the best they can do, huh? 24-7, 365, sin. Uh, and I believe the message version uh, accurately conveys the depth of God's feeling. It broke. It grieved his heart. Now, obviously, God's a spirit. He doesn't have a heart that's pumping blood uh, like we know. But to, to give us a window to look through, the writer is saying, this is the depth of God's grief given the situation. So it's not like someone, you go to a restaurant and you, you order a meal and, boy, the steak came out uh, overdone and I wanted it rare. It ain't that kind of thing. It's not like, well, the meal didn't quite turn out the way I want. No, the grief that's being expressed goes to the very core of who God is. To the very, to the very heart, to the very essence of God. It grieves me that I made them. So, as uh, Matthew Cavelli, you can appreciate this, Newton's third law of, uh, of motion, with every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, so here's God's response match that of his creation. It's out of control. I'm do-over. It's out of control. Do-over. So why am I spending so much time on this? Well, you know, there's at least two reasons. I always say that, right? And I'm consistent, if nothing else. So the, the first is to remind us that God is very much aware of what's going on. God is very much aware of what's going on. His eyes are not closed. His ears are not stopped. His arms are not too short. God is aware and God is engaged. And the second reason is to remind us that God is not arbitrary. God is not arbitrary. We may not understand the what or the timing of the things that God does, but we can be certain that God's acts are just and timely. As the 37th chapter of the book of Job reads, Mighty God, far beyond our reach, unsurpassable in power and justice. It's unthinkable that he'd treat anyone unfairly. Consequently, bow to him in deep reverence, one and all. If you're wise, you'll most certainly worship him. Holy God, immutable God, just God, loving God. I don't think I'm going out on a theological limb. You can stop me if I am, but uh, I know you won't. Uh, this is how Noah saw and experienced God. This is how Noah saw and experienced God. Holy God, immutable God, just God, loving God. So it begs the question. You know, there's always a question when I set you up this way. How do we see God? How do we, how do we, you know, you got that kaleidoscope, that little piece of tube with the glass, the, the fractured glass in there, or plastic, whatever that is, and you twist it. How do you see God? Do you see him holy? Do you see him immutable? Never changes. Do you see him just? Do you see him loving? Uh, I don't need to tell you. You know for yourself. You, you live in your skin. 
you know that it's us that waxes and wanes. We're the ones that are up and down. We we change. It just, just the how I relate to God is probably how I feel. If it's if it's rainy outside, I may not feel like God so much. You know, uh, it just it's like I'm, I'm feeling kind of kind of punky right now. You know, that's how we respond on our human level. Uh, things going well. God is great. You know. Can't, can't, can't shut you up. You're testifying so much. <laughs> when things are going well. When things are not going so well, can't find you. And gopher down in a hole somewhere. I'm talking about me. So you, you guys can, you can, you can, you can, you can look through my window. Uh, that's, that's, that's how we roll as people. Uh, the text describes Noah this way in the uh, sixth chapter, eighth verse. But Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. I love this. I, I, I just love this message. I, you know, you know, I, I use the message version to emphasize the NIV. Again, message, thought for thought, not word for word. And family night is on the 16th, so be sure and come out and you'll learn these things. Uh, Noah was different. Noah was different. Noah was different. Not different in an ugly kind of, you know... Uh, Gosh, I hate to paint pictures, but you know, you, you've seen that person. Uh, you, you, you look like 50 Cent. You got the big old cross on your, uh, hanging around your neck, and it's just like you, you're just trying to advertise. It's like, <laughs> you know, this is how I roll. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> why did I say that, Nate? <laughs> well, that's the image I get of some people. It's like, you, I want you to know. Big old fat Bible sitting on my desk at work, you know. <laughs> What's wrong with that passage? Did I say there was anything wrong with it? Did I say there was anything wrong with it? I asked Josh about his testimony. For the men that weren't at Men's Fellowship yesterday, ask him about his testimony yesterday. That'll give you insight into live behavior as a Christ follower. Um, But God saw Noah, and he liked what he saw. You know, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, all right, I know. He's a pastor, keep, keep, keep it moving. Nothing to see here. Uh, it's a lot to see here. It really is a lot to see here. Uh, we don't read anywhere in the text where Noah was shocked or surprised by being contacted, uh, uh, contacted by God. By God. Um, in the 13th verse of the, 16th of the 6th chapter, it simply begins after God laid out the case why he was going to do what he was going to do. It begins in the 13th verse, so God said to Noah, dot, dot, dot. So God said to Noah, dot, dot, dot. So what are you saying? As a result of the relationship, the assignment followed. Because Noah had the relationship he had with God, the assignment followed. 
This is, this is, you'll see this repeated throughout uh, Scripture. Moses, David, Peter, Paul. The assignment followed the relationship. So ask ourselves, this is question number two. Uh, how often do we look for assignment or whatever thing we value before we look for relationship? How often do we do that? Well, men do it on the regular with their wives. I'll keep it G because we're not, we don't have children's church today. But if you've been a hellraiser all day and then come in the evening, you know, it's like, Better back up off of me. What's you? <laughs> the relationship precedes the assignment. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, you, you good theologians. What about what Paul wrote in the ninth chapter of his letter to the Romans? God can create vessels for, for uh, praise or destruction. Without their consent, right? Right. That's absolutely true. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what I'm talking about right here. I'm speaking about those that claim to be God-fearers and followers. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us. Relationship precedes assignment. And because of Noah's relationship with God, it ought not surprise any of us not only that he received the assignment, but Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. I like how Everett Fox, uh, his, uh, he does the first five, he's translated the first five books of Moses, and it reads, Noah did it according to to all that Yahweh had commanded him. Noah did it according to all that God had commanded him. See, you man, believe it or not, I'm, 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 I'm ramping down to the close right now. But maybe it doesn't strike you as much as it strikes me. Uh, Noah did exactly what God commanded him to do. Not more, not less, not different. Noah did what relational God, covenantal God, God commanded. He didn't, God didn't ask, well, Noah, I need you to do this if you could work it in your schedule. You know, as time permits, you, you think you could build an ark He didn't ask, what are your thoughts about this? What do you, what, what do you, see, I'm contemplating this. What do you think? He was commanded and he did it. I know that's it's like, well, <laughs> pastor, what's the big deal about that? Because we don't. We don't do it on the regular twice on Sunday. We don't do it. We don't do it. Okay, here's your homework. Read 1 Samuel chapter 15. 
I'm serious as a heart attack. Read that. Read that whole chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 15. God, through the prophet Samuel, gave clear instruction to Saul about the destruction of everything in a battle. Okay, spoiler alert, Saul didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do as God commanded. In fact, he lied to Samuel uh, about what he had done or didn't do. And then when he was busted out, uh, he started to rationalize why his actions were better than God's. I've got, a, I've got a better answer. See, 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 uh, you're coming at me this way. This is why I did this. Uh, what was God's response? I'm sorry I ever made King Saul king. He's turned his back on me. He refuses to do what I tell him. That was it for, small, for Saul. That was it. His kingdom was over, and essentially his life was over. Why? Because he didn't do what he was asked to do. Samuel made it clear to Saul in the 22nd and the 23rd verses. Then Samuel said, do you think God wants, all, wants are your sacrifices, empty rituals for you to show? He wants you to listen to him. Plain listening is the thing. Not staging a lavish, lavish religious production, not doing what God tells you is far worse than fooling around in the occult. Not doing what God has told you to do is worse than fooling around in the occult. Getting self-important around God is far worse than making deals with your dead ancestors. Because you said no to God's command, he says no to your kingship. Here's the third and last question that I'm going to ask you, and you know what it is, and it's not rhetorical. Have we done everything God has asked us to do? Have we done everything God has asked us to do? If the answer is yes, glory to God. Let's praise him, and I'm serious. Let's, glory to God. If you've done everything God has asked you to do, if the answer is no, time, now today's a good day uh, to make a, uh, a course correction. Uh, as I said earlier, if you don't know God in the full pardon of your sin and you're not sure that when you close your eyes for the last time where you will be, I invite you to meet Mrs. Meeks over in the fireside group immediately after worship. I'm a work in progress. Um, Eric Wright, uh, I'm a work in progress. I am a work in progress. We equate too often, if we're not careful, we will equate doing God's will with uh, being on an easy street. Uh, things will go smoothly for us. I've shared with you before, I've shared in intimate detail with uh, in men's fellowship, and I won't do it now, but I'll share this much with you at age 33. That's many decades ago, but at age 33, I literally, not figuratively, literally was balled up on the floor in a fetal position, and all I said was, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. 
That's what I said, Kenneth. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I had no idea what he wanted me to do. He didn't, he didn't ask me. He didn't share with me. But you know what? All hell broke loose out in my life. Because I said yes. If you watch too much TV, and I don't invite you to do it, if you say yes, angels sing, clouds part, birds, birds chirp, and kids obey the parents. That's a lie. It's a lie. Doing God's will is just that. It's doing God's will. No more, no less. That's why God looked at Noah and said, I like what I see. And he was used for the assignment that continued. We ought to thank, thank Noah. It's like, thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah. For, for well, if I wasn't born... See, we, we don't understand because if I'm not careful, I, I, I'll fall into that, into that trap. We eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. We can't begin to grasp the, the joy that awaits us when we are in the presence of God. And we would never have experienced that had we not lived to be at this point in time and to have this level of understanding of who God is and who we are and the opportunity that presents itself to us. That's it. Uh, bow with me. Our Father, our God, again, we just say thank you. Father, help me. Help us. Father, when... Um, we're, we're, we're presented with, with just a simple, straightforward command. Love me above everything else. Just love me above everything else. Father, because we turn in on ourselves and we are, we are who we are, we're flesh, we're, we're, we're sinful, we're, we, we, like a rubber band, too often we snap back to uh, that default position. Give us wisdom, Father, to lean hard into the Holy Spirit, to hear your voice speak to us. guide us, lead us in the ways, in the paths that you desire. Give us the, the wisdom, the heart, Father, that we can express with sincerity we just want to do your will. Thank you.
make it possible. You'll send the rain, you'll bring the sunshine. But if we would just be obedient. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the obedience of your Son, my Savior the Christ, as we now turn our hearts and minds toward his sacrifice. It's in Christ's name we pray. Let every heart say. From the first letter to the Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 23rd to the 34th verse. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he, was, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, for which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, in the same way. After supper he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you now to join me as we celebrate the Lord's death. <laughs> 